This week on Transmissions from the Dark Side, a woman, a ringing phone, that's pretty much it. Enter if you dare. Welcome to Transmissions from the Dark Side. I'm your host, Matt Noss, with your co-host and host, Jen Hansen. It just depends on who talks That's first. Right. Uh, how are you, Jen? I'm, I'm good and happy to share hosting duty with you. I love it. I love it. With us is a very, very special guest, a first-time Transmissions from the Dark Side guest. Please welcome Travis Pelto. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, Travis, yay! I had the deep voice going for that. Yeah. That was good. It's top. Travis Pelto. No, I'm so excited. So excited. <laughs> so excited to talk about this. Awesome. For uh, new listeners, Transmissions from the Dark Side is where Jen and I watch every, every single, single episode. episode of seminal anthology horror series, <laughs> Tales from the Dark Side, and then recount it for you so you don't have to. Yep, this is episode 16, and there are 80 episodes. Oh, man. You guys are in it for the long haul. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like there was 92, but 80 feels so much do- more doable. We are almost a quarter of the way there. Yeah, we are. And then, then all we have to do is add Monsters. monsters. Friday the 13th. And Tales from Tales the Crypt. From the Crypt. Mm-hmm. And, yep. then and then we'll then do the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Cool. Well, yes. Yes. So we have a lot of questions for first time joiners. Yes. Travis, do you have a history with Tales from the Dark Side? No. I actually, uh, we were talking about this beforehand. I, up until I was talking to you guys, I thought this was a spinoff of Tales from the Crypt. Uh, and I was, I was reeducated. Uh, I was completely wrong about everything I thought I knew about this show. Um, you were miseducated. I was one like would argue. Lauren Hill. <laughs> yes. Um. Uh, no. I. I. I knew nothing going into it. I mean, like, I definitely love shows of this style where you know, just like one-off stories, and you know, Lord knows what it's going to be. Um. But, the anthology twist of fate theater. Yes, yeah. yes, if you will, if you will. Um, Were but, you a big Twilight Zone fan? Yeah, growing up, I was a huge uh, uh, Twilight Zone fan. And I don't remember what, uh, when my brother and I were really young, my dad would get us up super early to get ready for school, and like Nick at Night was always on, mm-hmm. and yeah. we'd end up watching like the old black and white flipper episodes uh, before it would bleed into like Ren and Stimpy and other stuff. But once in a while, I think it was sci-fi, if you would turn it on in the morning, they would have old Twilight Zone episodes. Sure. Yeah. Um, and like they were creepy, but because it was black and white and older when I was younger, that meant it was like, oh, it can't be true, it's older. So it was like, it was much easier to watch than like Ren and Stimpy, which would just terrify the hell out of me. Like I still am uncomfortable watching Ren and Stimpy. I don't watch that show. It makes me uncomfortable. Is it the animation style? A little bit of everything. It has such a weird... weird as hell. I used to love it. There was... I loved it too, but those close-ups, yeah, the yeah, gross-out oh, close-ups. Yeah. What was like the pig face where there, there, there's like the steaming plate of like faces on the windowsill? There was a whole mini <laughs> episode with that. You know what I'm talking about? I don't remember that one. Oh, it was so bizarre. I just remember the 
knocking on the the door them them going door to door yes. for some reason and, and the Mr. horse, horse answers yeah yep. he says uh, do you have any rub- rubber nipples mm-hmm. what yep. about rubber walrus protectors and the walrus oh. says call the police <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's so fucked up but my dad would let us watch it because he didn't know any better yeah in his mind he probably thought the twilight zone was more messed up than ren and stimpy yeah but oh no it's it's interesting that you say that because this show so this show was on when i was when matt and i were like eight i think we figured yeah. out before we were like eight years old mm-hmm. and it would air late night and so and, and it was it was instantly syndicated and then it was on forever. Okay. Yeah. So it was never on. I missed the first run. There was mm-hmm. no way I was watching this when I was eight years old. Yeah. But it would play before cable was omnipresent mm-hmm. and channel 20 was still like a channel people watched. It would be on 11 o'clock. It would be Tales from the Dark Side monsters and then friday the 13th or it'd be monster sales mm-hmm. from the dark side i, I can never remember okay. which yeah. and uh yeah it's so weird and it was scary just that theme just just hearing that theme music same thing with <laughs> with tales from the crypt tales from the crypt used to have that little disclaimer at the beginning yeah and it was like the little bubbling cauldron you'd hear warning this show is not appropriate for children make sure and i would that would terrify me more than the episode dude you know which theme would do that to me when i was younger hmm. unsolved mysteries again we would watch it we, i would watch it when i was younger and like you know like Kidnapping, no big deal. Missing person, no big deal. Murder, no big deal. Paranormal stuff, mm-hmm. nuh-uh. Wouldn't have it. Like, it's so bad. I, yeah. Okay, did you... Have we talked about sightings yet on this show? No, we haven't. Sightings. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sightings <laughs> used to follow Saturday Night Live in the Detroit area. That's right. In the, in the mid-90s. And it was all about extraterrestrials. Shut and it was about the up. unknown. I remember one episode. It was this haunted house. And I was just in the place where it was like, sure. And this guy was in this house. And he was like, no, there's a little girl in this house. And like, it was before there was ghost hunters. So mm-hmm. it was like, there was no polish to it. So it just felt like your dad holding a camera in a house. And this guy lifts <laughs> up his shirt and he gets scratch marks formed on his chest. And I turned off the TV. I was like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> oh, God. Or they would do the thing with the aliens, the grays. Mm-hmm. You know, like the ones that just look like. Oh, yeah, yeah. You the know, ones from communion. Communion, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, like this kid would recount his abduction. And then they would recreate that. And it would be a bedroom looking like my bedroom where the mm-hmm. light, it would like it would be a lightning storm. And then you would see the gray right next to the bed. And I was like, I'm never sleeping again. <laughs> this is how I die. I have a bed. <laughs> I had a similar problem with uh, foxes uh, when animals attack. Uh, <laughs> my grandparents let me watch that. And uh, I was so dumb. I, I didn't know that scorpions... Well, I, I should rephrase it. Uh, there was one about a guy who went camping and a scorpion got in a sleeping bag and stung him and he almost died. And he was like around my age. Mm-hmm. And nobody told me that scorpions like weren't indigenous to Michigan or at least most certainly not where we are. Yeah. And for literally weeks, two, three weeks, I was just 
constantly terrified. Like I thought like <laughs> there could be a scorpion in any shoe, pillow, Travis. like bed sheet. Yeah. Like it was going to happen to me until my dad like one day was like, are you okay? <laughs> he was like, essentially he was like, you're seven and you look depressed. Like what's wrong <laughs> with you? And I was like, scorpions, dad, scorpions everywhere. Uh, and yeah, no, it wrecked me. It wrecked me, dude. It was not good. We are doing a classic move. Where we were talking about anything other than yep. this episode. Because <laughs> I'm about to tell another story. Yep. <laughs> and I have forgotten the mission statement of this show. Mm-hmm. Which is to review. Just to talk about the show. From the top. It's a rough episode. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how this is. I, look, I don't know what's par for the course with this show. I'm walking in truly sight unseen. But this was a rough episode. It is this episode. We talked about it a little before to try to prep you Oof. a little. But this this show is all over the map. Yeah. Um, Story-wise, acting-wise, production value-wise, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're getting when you turn on an episode. I feel like, it's, well, especially this first season. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to change by the time we get to the fourth season. But probably It's a real crapshoot. Yeah. Wow. Because, I mean, like, all those things you just listed, Jen, yeah. it sounded like bottom of the barrel for all of these. Like, I, I don't think... There are actually worse for all of them. Wow. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Whoa. But this episode is is bad for its own reasons. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's get into it. the episode. Give let's us just, those sweet let's just do details. It. All right. Sweet, sweet deeds. This episode is entitled Answer Me. Uh, this is season one. Episode... Which is a Harrison Ford command. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get off my, my plane. <laughs> Answer me. <laughs> season one, episode 15. Uh, it aired February 17th, 1985. Here's the description. Commercial actress Joan Matlin is constantly annoyed by the sound of a ringing telephone coming from the apartment next door. And you know what? That might as well have been the script. Mm-hmm. Because that's all that happens in this this episode, really. Mm-hmm. So it was directed by Richard Friedman, only starring Gene Marsh. Uh, that's a that's a red flag. And then, <laughs> so so the thing that I went earlier, we were sitting here talking, and I went <gasps> because the writer for this episode is Michael McDowell. Michael McDowell wrote Inside the Closet. What? Which is the only episode to date that we can strongly recommend. Fantastic episode. Really? Yeah. It is, it's our number one must watch Yeah, right it's now. our number one must watch. He wrote a bunch of episodes of Tales. Uh, also wrote Nightmare Before Christmas and Beetlejuice are what? on his writing credits. Shut up. Yeah. So what went so, wrong here? Was he working on a draft of Beetlejuice and just like shit this one out because he forgot about it or Maybe. something? Because, oh man. I feel, that's and wild. not to run to the, we'll, we'll get to it in the writer's room, I get. But I, I feel like there was a better episode. There is a better episode in here. Because this premise is great. They, um, this premise could be great. I don't want to jump straight to it, but I have so many thoughts on how they could have made this episode yeah, work. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, it's like it. I, I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. I feel like they could have made it world, worlds better, but also like the plot itself is so paper thin to begin with. It's almost like there was zero potential explored with it. Like literally what you just read. Yeah. It's like, she's in a room. The phone's not stop ringing. What you going to do? Like yeah. that's literally all this thing. And, okay. So that, that is basically it. This woman is tormented. There is a phone ringing next door. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the way she 
So he, yeah, we got it. We got to start at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Travis. Mm-hmm. Man lives. Oh, he lives in a sunlit world of what he believes to be reality. But there is mm-hmm. unseen by most. An underworld. It's a place that's just as real. But it's, it's, not, it's not as, as brightly, brightly lit. lit. Sure. It's like, it's like a dark side. Oh, okay. Okay. And is this where like my reality that I know it opens up to a tiny door? That's correct. Ep- that's this, correct. Oh, okay, good. Pod. You do. Oh, all right. Oh. <laughs> Truth be told, I didn't realize what you guys were doing until the last <laughs> Listen to an episode, Travis. It's like, hot like, oh, shit. This is cool. Um, it is 3.08 in the morning as the coolest alarm clock I've seen in a long that time. Yeah. Wow. That was really cool. It was like the egg chair of alarm clocks. Yeah. It had that kind of like clean, curvy design to it. Yes. Nice. Uh, but she reaches over and does one of my favorite uh, uh, getting out of bed tropes for movies and TV shows where you go to hit the snooze and the alarm clock falls off the nightstand. And instantly knocks it straight the fuck off. Never get tired of it. I never do. She uh, she gets up. She steps on the alarm clock. Mm-hmm. And then she begins talking. And- she begins a 22-minute <laughs> soliloquy. I... Did not know what was happening at first because she just starts like, it could have just been the who's calling at three o'clock in the morning type mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. grumbling that I don't think anybody really does unless they're married. But if we need no. an info to... dump or something, you know, I'll allow it in a, in a movie or a TV show. Yeah, sure. to be like, oh my god, who's yeah. calling? Yeah, god damn it, yeah, like that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is a very well pronounced. Where am I? Oh right, why didn't Lucy tell me six hundred dollars a month to rent a flat with thin <laughs> walls? The walls are thin, and I'm a commercial actress, a commercial actress renting a flat for six hundred dollars, and I can't sleep, and I have an an. An audition, an audition at nine, at o'clock, nine in, o'clock in the morning. Commercial actress. It's like it. Oh, yeah, I don't. So many things just in the first minute that were just like I, all of us were just like writing furiously because yeah. I didn't know like you where to couldn't stop get it all. The down. exposition is non-stop. All the episode is is a haunted info dump. Yeah, it's it's exposition with a telephone faintly ringing in the background. Yeah, that's the show. But like it, it got to a point. I don't mean to jump so far ahead, but like. She kept talking to herself so often that I kind of wondered, like, is this the point? Like, is she losing her mind? Is the telephone ring making her lose her mind? And it's just like, no, I just think it's poorly written. Mm-hmm. It's like a weird monologue that just won't end. Yeah. Yeah. It's so bizarre. It is. She is talking to herself so much that I wrote in all caps, who are you talking to? <laughs> I'm sleeping next to vampires. <laughs> oh, God. Vampires with friends who call in the middle of the Which, night. So she says that, like, mm-hmm. verbatim within the first, like, five minutes. Did anyone else think vampires were going to pop in? Because I did. Would have been great. Was yeah. holding out for vampires. Yeah. And I was you like, oh, fell for a classic Tales from the Dark Side red herring. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hook, line, and sinker. Oh, you think that they're gonna do something cool, and no, they don't. So th- this was that. This is why the reason why this was more frustrating than like like so bad it's good for me mm-hmm. is because so many times I thought it was leading to like a bigger message, and then I was like, oh no, it's not. It's just bad. One of them, the first one being, is like so she talks about how she's got to wake up in the early in the morning for an audition. She's an actress. She can't have bags. Can't have bags under her eyes. She won't get cast that way, and all that. But I, I thought for a moment, it was like, oh, that's it. 
this is the audition. Like she's oh. just monologuing the whole oh, time. Oh, well, you have already made the episode yeah. better. <laughs> then I thought, what if it's her? What if this is her? Can one I woman take show? this chair? <laughs> yeah, man. That's no. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, it's like Mr. Show's the audition. Yeah. It's just that, but in like a I need it for version. the audition. Oh man. Uh, yeah. My um another part that will drive you slowly insane. Besides the fact that they literally are ringing a telephone through a good portion of this, which Mm is horribly annoying, is that when she's going to bed, they are playing like... music. Like it goes away when the clanging next door and the phone is ringing, and then it stops and she's like... And they play it like seven times in that first oh, yeah. like yeah. five minutes of the episode. Joan Matlin, you will fall back to sleep. You will fall back to sleep and you will wake up refreshed. You will be refreshed and you will go to your audition and you will it will be a slam dunk and you won't have to think about the thin walls and twelve F and the Joan Matlin, it is five o'clock in the morning and I defy you to stay up. Go to sleep. Dude, I well my mind went is like Okay, yeah, this phone's annoying as hell. Go hang out with some friends. And then I started to think, if she talks like that all the time, she must not have <laughs> friends. She must not have friends. She is she is the she's the woman in the grocery store who's holding two boxes every time you're there. It's like, well, do I want to get total this week? Mm-hmm. I don't know. This or is, is it a Wheaties? Is so- do I want Wheaties? Or it's the asshole in front of you at, you know, at Starbucks. It's like, mm-hmm. mm, I don't know. Do I want to get a, a chai mocha latte or do I want that? Like, just just uh, has to, can't keep that goodness mm-hmm. inside. Got it. Yep. Got to pour it out. You know, I've been thinking about my order this morning. <laughs> just don't know yet. Uh, really got to sound it out in front of you. <laughs> She is. Caramel macchiato. <laughs> Ooh, what's a cake pop? Mm. Caramel. Joan Matlin, you will not eat a cake pop. You will not eat a cake pop before your audition. You don't deserve it. You're a commercial actress. It's like this weird... Um, it's like a mix of like a, a fake transatlantic accent with yeah. like Audrey Hepburn yeah. thrown in there. It, yeah, it's she calls herself a limey later. Yes. Yeah. But yes. it is not a very hyper pronounced British accent. No, no, and looking her up and reading her bio, which I would like to read the whole thing, um on 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 Mike. Um she actually is British. Okay. I was surprised. I thought she was just an American actress doing a British accent. It certainly read that way. It like what well, the other the other thing that was weird with it is she talks she said commercial actress, but she all she performed the whole thing like she came from like a strict theater background. Yeah. Like her her physical movements are all so big and she like did those crazy pronunciations that you're imitating like so spot on. Cold Wait. mashed potatoes. Yeah, like she's performing for the back oh, row. But yeah. congealed <laughs> congealed gravy. Oh, God. Musical, Musical guest. guest. <laughs> yeah. A ringing telephone. <laughs> That's what she's auditioning for. Yeah. Be the VO <laughs> intro for SNL. Uh, okay. So cut we, to the next morning. Yep. So that's kind of the end of Act One. Yeah. Well, there's also there's also the banging on the walls too. Oh yes. Yeah, so there was banging on the wall, a mm-hmm. bang on the wall um, mm-hmm. that was 
that, that she hit had, hard enough that it made the picture hanging on the wall move. Yes. They had some of the ugliest wall art oh. a human being has ever yeah. seen. The set design, period, was just like weird and looked very cheap throughout. It's still, I still bought it as like a cheap New York. Up. Sure, sure. We will watch some of Painkiller mm-hmm. so you can see like how, how a doctor's bad. office <laughs> looks, which is a child's bedroom. A, a child. <laughs> It's bedroom with, with a, a coffee desk. table and a skeleton hanging there. It's, oh it's a real treat. Right. Real, real rough. Did you guys notice, though, it was the, the, the banging on the wall. The first time they show it, they show that portrait. Mm-hmm. Kind of like shuffle up. So she has like, there's like a there's like a line painted on the wall. And then it goes into this painting in like a W. Yeah. And then like. Oh, that painting is part of the paint. Yeah. Mm. It, was, mm-hmm. it was. It was very 80s. Yeah. Yeah, like high hyper eighties modern. Mm-hmm. It was very very weird. That was for sure in a, a dentist's office. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. All right, it's the next morning, and Joan Matlin, professional commercial actress, is sitting at her table, stuffing headshots into head headshots into envelopes. Oh, this is the young Joan Matlin. <laughs> oh, and this is the third bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. Musical Would they guests. believe it's the same woman? I'll send this out. It's just everything. Now I'll put a stamp on it, and then I'll seal the envelope with my own saliva that's exhausted from a night of no sleep. And therefore I pull out a pen. Joan Matlin, you scamp. You <laughs> quickly write your own address on it. Oh, but use 12... The apartment in New York City I'm staying in. New York City's gross domestic product. (laughs) Fucking nonsense. It's almost like it's it's almost like she's reading like the stage directions too. Yeah. It's like how the whole thing reads like that. We were less than halfway through the episode, and I'm like, I'm a hundred percent rooting for the telephone. Oh yeah. Whatever's happening with it. Whatever this telephone there are only, agenda is. There are only two things in this episode making sound. And I'm firmly on the side. Dude, I yeah. was praying for it. Because in, in the same scene we're talking about, eventually the phone rings and it's Lucy who's mm-hmm. subletting oh, the $600 apartment. God. I was praying for another voice into that phone because it was like, I don't know if uh, I can just, to just hear somebody else. this woman. Yeah. Uh, uh, so... Tales from the Dark Side does not know oh. how phone calls work. <laughs> oh, that was this apparent. Is, this has been a hallmark of the show from, mm-hmm. from the jump. So here's how this scene worked. Ring, ring. She picks up the phone and you just hear this. Lucy. Hello, yes, Lucy, I didn't know you were renting me a, a, an apartment. You have to talk to the neighbors next door. What? There was no one there two weeks ago. Well, there's someone there now. The phone's ringing and they don't answer it. Oh, call the super? Oh, good idea. Well, I just, I if, if this phone keeps ringing, I can't stay here anymore and I'll need a refund. I love you. If this is weird. I love you. Like, so, so it's like she's yelling. It's like she has a, an angry customer service phone call that goes on forever. And she, and she ends with... She's been a, a real bee. She's total shitty. Yeah, it was. So yeah, weird. and then it ends with "I love you." <laughs> I love you too. I wrote that down. Yeah, but also, she's eating a hungry man dinner. That's right. Right? <laughs> she is straight up downing a Salisbury steak mm-hmm. hungry man dinner. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
this lady's light as a feather, stiff as a board. There's no way she's getting down on a hungry man dinner. Nobody in yeah, nobody in good health is eating those and and keeping that like rail thin of a. Unless right. she was like, you Not know what? Happening. I'd love to be able to pull my teeth out of my skull easy. <laughs> Let me just uh, get this going. Important question. Yes. Was she drinking Coke or wine? Because she had a glass with her. And the only reason to bring it up, because the idea of drinking wine and a hungry man was just really funny. Really got to class this up. (laughs) I loved, there was a moment after she hung up the phone with Lucy, where the phone rang and she held her head. (laughs) She does these like weird screams and yells several Mm -hmm. times. And that, yeah, it was like a Calgon take me away moment. Ha! As if she had a phantom pain. Yeah. That was... uh, cut. Can you um? Can you make that a little, just a little smaller? Well, it's just, Joan the ringing's really getting Matlin, to you. Matlin, commercial actress, is pained by this. I think I could make that happen. Okay. Okay. Great. okay. And action. Ha! And cut. Okay. Uh, again. Well, I don't understand. Just, just, just internalize it a little bit more. Internalize. Yeah, it's just remember we're we're filming this for television. You're uh-huh. not in a theater. Oh, okay. So you don't need to really project those things. Well, right? okay. Here we go. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've got it. I've got. Great. I'm so right. sorry. I'm no, that's so okay. That's You're fine. doing great. And action. Ah. <laughs> okay. And cut. <laughs> it looks like. No, it honestly looks like. Uh, uh, like like an X Men where somebody really bad's auditioning for Jean Grey. Yes. And just kind of like or like uh, Jessica Alba in Fantastic Four where she's like Invisible Shield. <laughs> <laughs> like does gestures that are just way too broad. Way too broad. Oh, There's. You guys have watched Louie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the pilot episode where he goes on a date and he goes to the woman's apartment. And he's like standing outside the door and uh, he's like knocks on this woman's door. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't the first episode, but a woman next door, an older woman s- sticks her head out. She's, I'm not wearing any clothing and you're making all this racket out here. All right. Well, because I'm not wearing any clothing. He's finally like, all right, lady, just show me. You know you're going to show me. And she (laughs) opens the door and she's naked. And then she calls him a pig and she leaves. For some reason, that woman is this woman. (laughs) (laughs) It's just her like 30 years later in New York just hanging out. (laughs) Still in that apartment. I could totally see it. She gets the number from the super. Oh, or yeah. for the super. and Mr. She, Rodriguez. <laughs> she decides to overly dramatically give him a phone call. Yeah. An English girl? Who lives in 12F? No one. No one. Well, what happened to her? Did she move away? Can someone tell her friends that no one is there to answer the telephone? But I was like, but she says... It was an English girl? Oh, mm-hmm. an English girl. Did she have a telephone? <laughs> that was the next question. Did she have a telephone? She also she... refers to herself as a lowly sublet. I am a, I know I am a lowly sublet, but she was killed with... Strangled. I'm sorry, but tell her friends to stop calling. At this point, I wrote down, how about... Could you please unplug the phone next door? Yeah, that was the uh, yeah. Uh, oh, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into this later. But there are so many simple solutions to this supernatural problem. Number one being unplug the phone mm-hmm. or cut the cord 
with like literally anything in there. Yeah. And then if the phone's still ringing, well, then you got a then problem. You then you GTFO. just get out. Get yeah. out. Then get I'm going to be like, uh, cancel my things. I'm moving back to Los Angeles. <laughs> mm-hmm. New York City, they're right. It's not for everyone. <laughs> it's true. I am packing up my hungry man and getting on a transcontinental flight. My cup of wine, I'll take it with me. Thank you. Oh. At this point, the phone is still ringing, and she says my one of my favorite things, time for violence. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I wrote down, oh, this is a tour de force. <laughs> <laughs> she goes next door. And like, so at, like every movement, I don't know if we're, I still feel like we're not conveying this enough. Every movement, oh, yeah. I'm going to approach the door. Am I really doing this? Oh, Am I? Go ahead. Sorry, if I can backpedal real quick. In addition to that, after she gets off the phone with the landlord, she find out, like, oh, strangled herself. Yeah. And then she does this after the headphones. Yes. She, she, she goes to grab her throat, but not like what I would do. Like, I think of like the Heimlich yeah, maneuver. Like, you say you're choking, do. you do that. Yeah. She takes her hands upside down. She goes down. over. She goes, she goes over. to do the Batman eyes, basically. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. what it is. But I was thinking, like, hey, how hard would it be to just strangle yourself? Period. Yeah. Like, and actually kill yourself doing it. So why are you going with the fancy way of going upside down? Like, it's just showboating. But it does fit her character. It does. She's very over the top. Yeah. Very deliberate. What's the most dramatic way I could strangle myself? (laughs) Upside down. Uh, But the spooky apartment. The spooky apartment. So this is where the episode Mm -hmm. kind of starts to work for me. Where I feel like it has the most potential. Mm -hmm. Um. Again, I don't want to go to the writing room, but like, there's so many things that could have really, really I, I liked her. Here. I liked her, what she said at the door when she walked over there, which was, good evening, sir or madam, unplug your telephone or die. <laughs> yeah, she, she, okay, that part did not work for okay. her. <laughs> no. She went from super polite to just like straight murders but like in her delivery it wasn't like you couldn't tell if she was nervous and it was supposed to be a funny line it just read super weird yeah super weird i can't believe i'm trying the door i can't believe i'm doing this i'm going to twist the handle (laughs) oh it's locked oh i can break in because i've got what did she what was her weird line about breaking in oh okay this is another classic line that she says she the door is locked and she goes back to the apartment to grab a credit card to open it. Mm-hmm. Which, as far as I can tell, it's just one of those fake credit cards that you get in a, in a wallet. wallet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because it, it just said credit card. It just card. said, yeah, no, it said cash card. Oh, I wrote it down, it cash card. Because I had to think, like, is that like an older, weird fringe credit card or yeah. gift card I'm just not familiar with? But no, no, it, it just... was generic as hell. Mm-hmm. Cash She card. then walks towards it and goes... Well, those eight years as a burglar's assistant or something along those lines. Yeah. Did anybody mm-hmm. write it down when no. she said? I, I, I thought she said like those it years, was years of as breaking a burglar. in. Yeah, oh, but, yeah, yeah. As a, oh, was it breaking in like to business or I, breaking into show business? Again, it was one of those. Lines. No, it was like a burglar thing. Yeah, it was totally like a home break-ins. Which again, it's like the or die line. We're like, is this a joke? Like just hearing it, it's like, like it's, it's supposed be a joke. to be clever. Yeah, I don't know. It's so bizarre. Ugh. She gets into this room. It's empty. Yes. Mm-hmm. You do see the phone. It's on the radiator. Mm-hmm. Well, it was hiding first, wasn't it? Oh, oh, oh! No, that was later. That was that was the second time she goes mm-hmm. back in. Right. Okay. 
Um, First yeah, time it's so in the closet, right? Because she walks in, she scans the room. She oh, shit, it was. Okay, yeah, so it, okay, was in, it was in the closet. Yeah, yeah, she opens one door, there's nothing there, then she finds it in the closet. And then we have a visit from our old friend, Magic Wind. Oh, man, yeah. Another Tales from, from the Dark Side favorite. Man, they're really just... They're yeah, they out. really yeah. pulled out all the stops. stops. <laughs> so Magic Wind closes the door behind her and opens the door. So she heads towards what she believes to be the bathroom. She's like, you better not be in there. I'm not doing this. I'm not opening the door. Why is my hand opening the door? Oh, the door is open. And then the door opens behind her. And then they pull rack focus. Mm -hmm. I was like, shit, rack focus? Yeah, right? I was like, kind of turning up the thrills slash chills. Yeah. (laughs) After this, so... So wait, is, does she go back to the apartment? She goes back a second time. Yes, but she does. She does talk to somebody on the phone. Yeah. So there's the first back. time. Yeah. Okay. Because because she because the ringing. second time the camera gets bananas. The second time she's in there towards the very end of the episode. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So okay. So she calls the operator. She picks up right. his phone, mm-hmm. calls the operator, and she also notices on the wall. Oh yeah. That the the wallboard is. Cut to shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm on the other side of this wall. It looks like someone was trying to get through to the other side. And she kneels down and picks up a piece of debris. And she gets the perfect angled, like, uh, uh, I I, I wrote down, it's like that scene in Clue. Yeah. Where where the power goes off and they hear the doorbell ring and everyone glances and Mm -hmm. they have it. She she falls perfectly. It's like a Hitchcock kind of, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a very Hitchcockian episode. Right. Mm-hmm. Sans Hitchcock would have never written this episode. <laughs> it's, I mean, if it was, yeah, that's, I think that's why I was irritated with this episode because done well, like it could have been like a really good sort of like creepy, like a giallo, like a, mm. like a very Italian horror or. Yes. yes. And there was, there was a, there was a lot of things that were going right. Yeah. But let's, mm-hmm. let's press, okay. All sorry, right. let's press through it. So she's, the, does she no okay she calls first right she picks up the so she opens she the calls, yeah. she goes to the door that just swung open mm-hmm. and that's where the phone is and she's like aha here's where you are hiding mm-hmm. she takes it towards the window and she picks up the phone and just says a monologue into the phone that's right yeah she didn't dial anything dials nothing yeah and just straight up goes you have to understand that the girl who lived here before is now dead. She strangled herself. So if you know her, she isn't here anymore. And if you could please stop calling, that would be wonderful. And then you hear what sounds like her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go, operator. And and the episode, there's a big like, like sound effect. Like we're supposed to be terrified by this. And that, that was the point I wrote in all caps. Oh, man, it's her own voice on the phone. <laughs> and they're like, okay. Yeah, the call is coming from inside your lungs. <laughs> inside your mind. <laughs> inside your lungs, mind. <laughs> but then she says what may have been my favorite line of the whole show. It's the operator. And she's like, you don't understand. The woman living in here is dead. You need to disconnect a phone. And they have that banter about like, well, you got to call when it's earlier hours. What time is that at back and forth? Yeah. And then she, in a moment of frustration, just goes, well, can't you call the emergency phone disconnectors? Yes. 
Like that's a total valid government service that we have. Ma'am, it's on. it's three o'clock in the morning. We're not going to be able to get them on. The, do you know how busy the emergency phone disconnectors are at this time of we got, night? We got a guy down there with hedge climbers disconnecting a bunch of phone lines. We're right on now. a two week <laughs> backlog minimum. It was so uh, so weird, so weird, so weird. But then she go. Then the operator goes. What happened to her? And then uh, our our actress goes. She killed herself. Oh, was it this? Was it this? Did, Did she, she strangle, strangle herself? herself? Well, how did you know that? Ugh. She hangs up the phone. Yeah, she's all and, creeped out now. And which nearly runs out of the room. That is a creepy moment. Sure. So, yeah. Wait, was this... Was it this scene or the next scene when she calls her friend Beth? This is now she starts talking about Beth. Oh, yeah. okay. That's what it was. Gotcha. Says, yeah. Who do I know? I must know <laughs> someone in New York City as an actress. I must know someone. I would, I would hope so. Mm-hmm. And why who the do fuck I didn't you just stay with them? But right. okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Who do I know? Beth... Beth used to be my best friend until I stopped calling her. What is her number? Mm, Think, 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 think. Yeah. 1752. (laughs) That's what it is. Four digits. Which at that point, okay, another time I thought the the episode was building to a bigger story. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be like, oh, this is her own version of hell. Like she's the one who died. She's the one who got strangled. She she's replaying the scenarios she wished she would have done, but it's too late because who the fuck would believe that there's a four digit phone number? Right. Like that's in this ah, bonkers. That's Pennsylvania six five thousand, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> she oh, calls the number, and the operator talks again. No, Beth is dead. No, what happened? It was an unpleasant accident. She strangled. She strangled <laughs> with the telephone cord. <laughs> Clutches pearls, shocked. So it's this. So she keeps having these phone calls with this operator. <gasps> that that are these protracted debates about. You have to disconnect this number. At what point did, did she? Does she not know how phones work? That you can just unplug them. Right. That you could just. Take Solve that phone, this problem? throw it out the window, mm-hmm. New that, York style. That's what drove me crazy is because she twice, I think, in that scene turns to the window and just goes, New York City. And it's like, you're you're like, yeah. however many stories up, you can you don't even need to unplug it. You can just throw the whole damn thing out the window. Right. Uh, so many simple solutions that could have been implement, implemented. And time. then again, if she would have done that and the phone reappeared... Extra spooky. Yeah. Great now, point. Extra spooky. Now she's got a real problem. Or she she goes to another apartment. She goes to, oh, she goes to like a hotel room or something for the night. And the yeah. phone And it's happening rings next there. door. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no one next door? All right. So now, hey, you know what? When I get creeped out, guys, <laughs> when I get full heebie-jeebies yeah, after yeah. breaking into an empty apartment sure. and having a uh, operator tell me that my friend killed herself... Uh, in a way that she would have never have known. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to read a little bit. <laughs> Just like to curl up in bed and 
Do you have any uh, any favorite authors? That... Well, I love oh, the, yeah. the assorted works of Jack London. <laughs> oh, Call of the Wild? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably my favorite book to read. Whenever I get on a flight from Los Angeles to New York, I bring my favorite book. Call of the Wild. Call it of was, the Wild. And it, and it wasn't even just like a simple hardcover. Just had, that just said Call of the Wild yeah. in big bold font. It was. It looked like the children's edition. That's like what it I had thought to, too. It had like a little like doodle. This was on the, the one front. I yeah. read in sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you guys noticed that because I that instantly stood out to me. And I actually wrote down. I've never read Call of the Wild, but I would bet a ton of money that it has no connection to the story whatsoever. Oh, no. <laughs> no, right, no, right. No, no. Like it's... some some PA was reading it at the time. It was like, ah, oh, we need a book. We forgot yeah. to buy a book. Can we use that? Oh, Call of the Wild. It looks like, oh, it's it says call on it. Oh. It says call yeah, on it. And it's a wild call. And it's a wild call. Yeah, that's all right. Well, oh. Okay. 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 One more tape. Books. 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 What's this show about? What is this show? It's about phones. 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 Yeah. Answer the phone. Okay. What book? Okay. Okay. Let's just go. Let's shoot it. Let's just call the wild. Call the wild. Let's call the wild. Let's just go. Call the wild. Let's get. All right. More cocaine. Um. It was the book they were literally doing blow on when they were trying to figure out which book to use, and they didn't even see the connection to it. Oh man. So she's back in bed reading Call of the Wild and mm-hmm. wouldn't you know it? Ah. That that darn phone starts ringing again. But she disconnected it. No, she didn't. Of no, course, that's of right. course yeah. it would happen. That's so why right. would anything yeah. be different? Ugh. All right. Now now is probably the best of all the terrible monologues she gives. <laughs> This one is the best terrible monologue. What common household object could I beat someone to death with? I'll use my bare hands. Bitch. Again, another episode that makes you just go, this bitch. Yes. It's like, yeah, it's like that old horror film trope of like, nobody ever grabs the right thing to defend themselves with. Mm -hmm. But she even has time to say it aloud and then willingly go to the place where the spooky happenings are happening. Bring the book. Yeah. Yeah. The book would be better than She picks up like a pot lid or something. Yeah. She, she picks up a frying pan, which oh, would have actually been a better thing to bring. Yeah. Than nothing. Than my bare hand. Yeah. I'll, I mean, look, I could like destroy a rotary phone with a frying pan. There's no way I could with my bare hands. That would be awful. No. No. Not, and those are those old school heavy ones. That phone was... 20 pounds mm-hmm. if it was an ounce an ounce that's right <laughs> that old saying <laughs> that old phone quote so she goes next door monologuing the whole time Ugh. about i can't believe i'm doing this i can't believe i'm doing this she already has money card in her <laughs> cash card don't Ca- forget to bring cash card cash when breaking into in the her- spooky apartment cash card is in her hand She's like, all right, I'm just going to, oh, please, door, don't be open. Don't, don't be, be unlocked. Oh, don't open. It's opening. It, of course, opens. Yeah. And now the door looks straight fucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see behind it, and it looks like somebody was trying to like claw their way out of yeah. out of that room. Like serious damage. Like it yeah. was like a werewolf was in Which the was not in there the first time. No. Nope. And then I don't even remember the order of events. I was just so like baffled by her so talking to herself. So now the camera has entered Wacky Town. Now oh. it becomes oh, yeah. now it becomes a Sam Raimi film. Yes, we Pretty go much. it it like one hundred percent like we were watching Dark Man. Mm-hmm. 
it it went from like like all the angles are Dutch. hilarious and Dutch. Mm-hmm. The phone the the phone becomes sentient. Sentient. So the, yeah. yeah, here's your big surprise, guys. The phone is sentient. Stop. Really? <laughs> so she picks God up. God damn it. So does she pick up the phone again and it's the operator again? Do we get one more exchange between them? I don't think so. I don't even know if it gets there. No, I, I think it just goes straight into crazy mode. Well, no, because the phone is there. It's ringing and she unplugs it. Okay. Does she she finally unplugs it? She finally unplugs it, but I don't remember what prompts her to unplug it. Here's the thing, man. I honestly couldn't tell you if she talks to the operator because the whole thing blurs together because the whole show is in two rooms and with one woman saying all the lines. Yeah. And I can't tell. Like, I honestly cannot tell you. Like, I've asked the question, like, wait, didn't this happen? Did this happen? And now I'm realizing, like, yeah, it's too monotonous. The whole thing looks blue because of the walls. Like, Travis can barely same. focus on a conversation with a woman for, like, four minutes. Oh, so to no. listen to one talk for oh, 20 20- Forbid. Yeah. There's got to be a phone ringing in the background the whole time. <laughs> or else I just tune out. <laughs> I am gone. I oh, really got to let you go. I'm, I'm sorry, sweetheart. Sorry, so baby. this phone is straight dancing a jig. Oh, yeah. There's. Oh, that's right. It's ringing and it's, it's ringing shaking. And it's shaking. It's that's... Like, like it's got little feet. It's and, like. Yeah. And you're totally right about uh, of, uh, Sam Raimi. Because yeah. that was like straight out of the page of like Army of Darkness yeah. or Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Where it's just like, woo, like goofy. Yeah. So it might as well have been giggling. Mm-hmm. So now she's in the middle of the room and. This door shuts. This door shuts. This door shuts. And a moose head says, I'll swallow your soul. That's, that's what it was. Yeah. It's so true. But except, no, it's just a telephone ringing and shaking. Mm-hmm. This is where she unplugs it and she goes to leave. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the cord, the cord starts, to, it's from that Dutch angle. You're, it's like you see it from the phone's perspective. So there's like a little bit of the phone in the frame. Yep. And you see the cord actually crawl on the bottom. Much like the uh, uh, the crazy scene in Evil Dead, where the the trees, the trees are like yeah. chasing the woman down, yeah. Oh, Except so instead uh, of it being in a forest in Evil Dead, where it's she's running, no, um, Joan is just casually walking towards the door, mm-hmm. and the phone just. It, she's done. Yeah. I, I guarantee whoever whoever shot this, uh, Evil Dead had come out in. Uh, I think it was made in 81, came out in 83, looks like. Oh, that's got to be then. Totally saw it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Yeah, this was this was a straight Evil Dead ripoff. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. All right. Okay. She's dead. Now- so the phone strangles her. Yeah. Now- Thank God. She fucking <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you could also have this episode from the phone's perspective. Like, you've, you've got this sentient phone. It's like, just there's this bitch sleep. next door who won't stop talking to herself. <laughs> like, he just wants some peace and quiet. You cut to like two, uh, two days before yeah. the episode starts and it's just his phone sitting peacefully. And just like through the walls here, this is like, I have an audition coming up very soon. I must be rehearsing for it. And this phone's just getting more and more yep. pissed off. Like, that bitch better this be bitch quiet. Better yeah. Oh, I can yell, too. Ring, ring, <laughs> ring, ring. I would love to see this redone from the phone's perspective. <laughs> I would kill to watch that. Oh, man. So she's dead on the floor. And then all of a sudden, her phone back in her apartment starts ringing. The phone she just got 
strangled with this ringing, as if to say there is a network of killer phones out there. Right. An ah, extra yeah. layer of subtext that no one needed. Exactly. <laughs> I actually get I, it. Yeah, do you? I wrote down. I wrote down. And I, I don't know if any of you guys know what you just came up with, but did you ever see Maximum Overdrive? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's what I, my mind went to. It was like just like you said. It's like, oh, are all the phones in it together? And this is like right. the, the prologue to the phone takeover. Uh, I just wrote down phones, man. <laughs> but does it only eat British actresses? Right. Like why? Why was it so focused on the Brits? Right. I'd go back to our original theory. She was just so obnoxious and there was the phone that couldn't take it. Yeah. You know, just went for it. But I do need to call out. So like, so before they, they cut to all the phones ringing or maybe it was after, who knows? They, they do this like slow pan of the cord and then it cuts back to what you think is Joan dead on the ground, but it looks like a totally different looks because Joan is dirty blonde. Yeah. And this woman is a strong brunette. And I think like completely, maybe a different like blouse or something too. I don't know. It I was couldn't, so weird. I couldn't tell because Joan had, was like the frosty blonde. Like I'm, I'm looking at the IMDb picture right now and she's got definitely dark roots. So I think if it was flipped up, like it could have been her. It was just, it was hard to tell in an unnecessary shot. Like, like right. why add a shot that could even be misconstrued? Like, right. I couldn't tell if it was like they didn't have her for an additional day, so they just did use the stand-in, or if it was to what I'm going to claim is your theory, phone takeover, and this was a different woman yeah. also killed by a phone. And that that was that was what I was thinking. It was like, okay, maybe now it's the but if they the, would have done the woman, the the last British woman or something. Uh, okay, here's oh boy. All right, let's go. All We've right. been waiting this whole episode. Because I, I think we're all gonna have the similar notes okay. for the writing room. Okay. This could have been eighty percent silent. Yes. And totally. worked. Yeah. Brilliantly. Totally. It would have been really creepy mm-hmm. because because I I like this concept. I like the idea of something. You know, it's that Chinese water torture that something is slowly yeah. driving you. It's the telltale heart. Exactly. It's, it's something slowly driving you insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it just needed to be one person. I I think she could have had interactions with somebody. I think she could have gone over there with the super, and yeah, you know, just no. That would have been great. Um, okay, so we have, I think the first night, the the first act, before it goes to Hungry Man Dinner, mm-hmm. when she's there and she's like, I have, you know, when she's hitting the wall and saying, could you please answer the phone? And then she goes back to sleep and then it's five o'clock in the morning and it happens again. Mm-hmm. I think she would not have gone over there yet. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She's like... I think if it would have just been those few things where like it turns off with the knocking, mm-hmm. like it's just enough to wake yeah. her up and be irritating, but then she stops, it stops, she stops, she can go back to sleep. Yeah, something to build the tension a little bit more because it's just like, I understand they're short episodes, but it's just like right out the gate. They, they establish so much of that and they leave zero room for any sort of like suspense to get built you know right because if it, okay so you kind of have that first part mm-hmm. but again 
cut these monologues. Oh, there is Lord. no reason for these. Like I, I don't know if they were if she was improvising and they were like, "Good, keep it, keep all of it." Because there's my my thought was maybe it was originally written with a lot of silence. And one mm. of the producers, somebody with the show was like, no, we can't have an episode with silence like that. People won't go oh, for it. Yeah, yeah. She's got to be talking to herself the whole time. And so they they created this, like this just turned into a, a shit soup of too many ideas that... Right. Well, I think, I think if you add one more actor to it, you could have avoided a lot of the silence. Right. Because, so here's my proposal. Keep the first part just like we talked about. Mm-hmm. The next morning can stay the same. She calls Beth or whatever her mm-hmm. name is. Lucy? Whoever Who she got the apartment from. Yeah, yeah call Lucy. whoever she got the apartment from. Say everything that she wanted to say. Is like, the audition was terrible this morning. I, you know, like, even if they started the episode with um, her on the phone with Lucy, mm-hmm. being like, no, I got here safe. Everything's fine. And. I'm about to go to bed. I have that audition in the morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, they used a phone for everything else. <laughs> yeah. And then they do they do a transition to it's nighttime. Now it's three o'clock in the morning. And the phone rings. And she gets up and she does that. And then she goes back to bed. Now it's five o'clock in the morning and the phone rings. And then it cuts to the next day and she's on the phone. She's like, it was terrible. The, your neighbors are the worst. Mm-hmm. What do you mean you don't have any neighbors? Yeah. I... There was someone next door. Well, I guess I should call the super. What's his number? Call the super. Go next door with the super. Yeah. Nobody's in right here. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's in here. Everything's You don't have fine. to. All you have to do is get up. It is happening the second day. The ringing's nonstop. You finally, you know, walk over to the door, go to knock on it. It opens on its own because right. it's a it's an open apartment. It just mm-hmm. sees no one's living there. And this is what they did so well in Inside the Closet. Yes. Because it was inside the closet, there was a closet that had, wow, this guy really had one note. Mm-hmm. This had a phone in the closet and yeah. there was a monster in the closet. <laughs> yeah. But like, same idea of just like, if a stranger's home's door opens and you walk into it, you have anxiety. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, no doubt. And they could have just played that. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many rooms. So many ways to improve this. It was, like, just the lack of of common sense throughout the episode and the lack of that, that frustration of, okay, call somebody or go unplug the phone yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the stuff she was doing, like like in inside the closet, the stuff that that girl was doing basically made sense. She was, you know, yeah, you'd get the hell out of that apartment, or mm-hmm. you know, you'd stop renting that room. Right. But at least you could sort of understand where she was coming from. Whereas this one, it was she this this actress and the way it was written and the way she was playing it was just so unlikable. Right. Well, see, and this is I don't know if I've just I've been watching. Uh, too much black mirror and expecting like a bigger twist out of stuff but because she was so unlikable i thought that was all playing into a bigger thing like she mentions she's auditioning to be like the limey with comedic timing she says i'm not going to get the limey with comedic timing if i have black bags under my eyes and right. all that yeah but that's essentially who she's 
trying to be while talking to herself throughout the whole episode. So that's why I kept expecting, like, oh, this is going to be a bigger twist. Like, this is the audition and the super is the director or something like that. I was expecting Mm -hmm. a bigger thing. So, like, that would be a very Black Mirror sort of. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if you're talking like room for improvement, I think it's either it's, I see two ends of the spectrum. It's like you take the basic premise and like build suspense, which I think is what I'm going that route. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the other thing is like they have no budget. Right. That's like you basically only have these two rooms Mm -hmm. and a hallway to connect them. Mm -hmm. But, but I'm totally with you because like now I'm thinking, why call the super? When you could have gone to the basement and seen the super. Right. right. And had that conversation face to face. Especially in an episode that has so many goddamn phone calls. Just have another person in there. Know yeah. that you're yeah. not going to want to. I, I think they thought this was like increasing the tension. Having it this episode with only one one woman in it. Right. Yeah. How are the other episodes? Are they like big casts? Do they have a lot no. of people? No. Usually no like they're small? all like one to th- five is the most that we've had. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Because my thought was, oh, maybe this is the, we'll do a single person episode to mix it up or... Or save some money. This is our bottle episode to... Right. Uh, but it's almost like they had no budget. Yeah. So nearly all of them are so contained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was only um, um, the gambling episode. Uh, the odds. The odds yeah. had the most actors. Yeah. Like we had we had six in a scene. Right. <laughs> The classic six in a scene. Classic. Busy casino. But if she if if she goes sees the supervisor in the basement, he could be like, you know, that's weird. I I called to get that number disconnected uh, you know, when uh when the girl that lived there something he could have done that after face that, to face. After that after that girl died. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, what girl? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh it's really sad. Yeah, sad. She was a struggling actress, and uh, yeah, and she she looked she, a lot like you, actually. But like they could have done some of that stuff. Yeah. But it's just like I'll call tomorrow, and I'll have the phone company disconnect yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, bottom line, I don't. I don't I'm think... not going to bother the emergency phone services. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it served any benefit to have it be one person. No. No, you know, no. there was no reason to it. No, it was it's almost to the like, detriment. Exactly. It's almost like when they were writing it. He was saying, oh, this is what makes it unique. This is what's cool. And was like plowing through to make that that choice work, regardless of whether or not it was for the benefit of the episode. Because they didn't expect me or you to think, uh, she's in New York City. She could just leave. Right. Right. And she's in an apartment building, which is huge. Mm -hmm. Right. She could go anywhere yeah exactly also uh, uh a new york apartment in 1984 a phone that wants to kill you is the least of your worries <laughs> it's a it's a true story yeah mm. anything else that you would have done to improve this one no no i think we covered it I, 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 how do you end it though I think you could end well, it very similarly to what happened here. i think she still dies i think the phone she's gotta her. die yeah right well two two things frustrated me about the ending Number one, it's like, uh, this is trivial, the scratches in the wall. Are we supposed to assume that the phone is just like bopping around like flubber and just like <laughs> just destroying the walls? 
Because like you know, because can the, we just enjoy <laughs> bopping around like flubber for a moment? <laughs> you know, when you get all jacked up on sugar, yep, and you start bopping around. Do the job. No, 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 flubber. Boing, boing. Or like I think it too. Jim Carrey in the mask has that scene where he's dodging the bolts and he just kind of like pinballs around the room. Like that's how the apartment looks. Smoking. Yeah, yeah. For the. I am chock full of great movie references. Oh, <laughs> he just made a mask and a flubber reference <laughs> in ten seconds flat. But like, is, is that the implication, or what did you guys think the the? That was the... absolutely what I thought. Is okay. that that phone was trying to break the wall to kill her? It's just a homicidal phone. I was thinking murder like, phone. <laughs> I just thought it was something creepy. I thought there was a person in there at other times. I wanted there to be a person that somebody in there. was like yeah. trying because those looked like nail scratches on what? the door, and it looked like somebody was trying to get away. Especially from the, phone. the second, maybe time. the yeah. last person that was in there. They set up that there was a dead girl in there. Yeah. Yeah. It was so bizarre, but that's that's my other bigger problem. It's my other, uh, big, bigger thing. Okay, so she talks to the super. Yeah, girl strangled herself with a telephone cord. In there, she keeps hearing that over and over. The operator keeps saying it to her. Then at the end, she gets strangled. So is the implication that she's like fulfilling this weird prophecy that that's the what phone I was thinking, wants? or yeah. is it like? Or, or was somebody there truly dead and it's like haunted and like people get killed in the same way like you see in like spooky some loop, movies? Loop that yeah, it's it's like a, like a final destination thing. Like you sure. can't escape. The... Yeah, it's your, it's your prophecy. Yeah, yeah. I was so confused as to what the point was. You know, is it your classic well, horror movie trope of like, oh, twenty five years ago today a phone strangled somebody to right. death? Or like you know like what like which one are you going for? And neither one was fully accomplished. I don't think the episode knew. Yeah. I, I don't I would think, agree with that. Yeah, I think it was, let's just throw in, throw all the creep creeps into the mix and yeah. see what. I, I think you could have ended it with her uh, dramatically hurling the phone out the window. And as the phone is going out the window, the cord catches her neck. Oh, that'd be dope. That would have been so great. That, and somehow she's accidentally strangled out. So, you know, she destroys the phone, but it's still, it still gets her with, Ooh, with its last... Breath. Phone, yeah. phone breath. Phone breath. <laughs> One last faint, like, ring. <laughs> like, as it chimes out. But I totally agree with you, Jen. Like, to, to answer your question, Matt, like, I think. I think demonic phone, possessed phone all the way. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's the previous girl that was strangled to death or it's a gypsy cursed phone or like whatever it is. Yeah. But I don't know. There's, there, there's just no closure. Yeah. At all. All right. Scale of one to ten, how many hungry man dinners do you give this episode? <laughs> As ten being good, ten being best. I could see ten hungry man dinners being a bad thing too. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? My uh, heart's just fine. Yeah. I can only handle so many brownie. My wedges. heart's going ring, 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 ring. <laughs> so many um, brownie wedges. Oh, you know which ones I'm talking oh, about? Oh, of course I do. Brownie hexagons. <laughs> oh, why are we cooking this all at the same temperature? <laughs> oh, no. Mac and cheese and brownies. The turkey's steaming my brownie. Oh no! Oh, the green beans are always terrible. Um, I don't know, man. Like aspects of this were so bad, it's good. I, I think I'd give it like four hungry mans. Okay. I don't know if I'd watch it again. I don't know if I'd recommend it to somebody. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, I'm in the three hungry man. Okay. I I really there was a couple moments that would push me towards four. Um. There's some nice camera work at times. 
but it's not enough. It doesn't sustain itself, and they're just glimmering disappointments. Mm -hmm. I'm giving it two hungry mans. I hated this woman so much. Wow. In this episode, this was... Yeah, I I was debating whether I liked this episode more or less than Jin No Chaser. And I, I don't know the answer, but I know it. I liked it more. Something stirred in me. It definitely made me angry. angry. Yeah, like, it made it, me it, angry. This is the first time I watched something in a long time that I was like, I was glad I was watching it with you guys because if I was watching this on my own, I would just be like so just raw angry. At least it was yeah. fun angry watching yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, there is plenty of like fuck off right. moments mm-hmm. in this episode. The other thing is... Um, we haven't done this ep- this part in a while. If you were to have named this episode anything besides "Answer Me," Oof. what would you have called it? Ooh, dude, Dead Ringer. Oh, <laughs> that's perfect. Head. Dead Ringer. Yeah. Answer me makes no sense because the phone doesn't even really want to be answered. Right. It's not asking to be answered at any point. Mm-hmm. Travis, you've already missed this season. All a clone by the telephone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's about a clone on the other end of a telephone. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like that. Oh, Matt, do you have a good one? Oh, I have um, submitted for your approval the acting reel of Joan Matlin. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Oh, boy. Oh, poor Joan. I've got, it's a living. (laughs) (laughs) It's a living. So here, let's just, I'm just going to read a few lines of uh, actress Jean Marsh, who played uh, Joan. Uh, Actress Jean Marsh's uh, bio on Mm -hmm. IMDb, written by Anonymous. Oh, boy. I wonder who it could be. Really written by her. Oh, I'll never know. Born in London, Jean Marsh became interested in show business while taking dancing and mime classes as therapy for a childhood illness. After attending a charm school and working as a model, she started acting in repertory and took voice lessons. Her repertory work was supplemented by a number of film appearances as a dancer. She then spent three years in America appearing in Sir John Gielgud's Broadway production of Much Ado About Nothing and numerous TV shows, including an episode of The Twilight Zone. Returning to London, she Hold won... It. <laughs> what episode of The Twilight Zone was she in? And was it before or after And did show? it involve a telephone? Oh, man. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. While you look this up, and I, I'm being very, very serious... There is an episode of The Twilight Zone that Brian and I have watched that is about a phone that won't stop ringing. And the woman who picks it up is British. And, oh, my God. You don't think. And she's... Um, th- that episode... Still looking. That episode is... What happens is the phone line ends up on the grave... Of the man she went was to, supposed to marry or like go to prom, go with to prom or something. With. Yes, I remember that. And it's a very creepy episode. Like that one is done perfectly, and it's kind of like a mirror image of this one, except the phone. It's not her. It's not. She oh. was in an episode called "The Lonely," a convict living alone on an asteroid receives <laughs> from the police a realistic woman robot. Oh, that's so sad. I thought 
Jen, I thought you were going to say she was in an episode called The Lonely Phonely. (laughs) 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 Have you guys seen The Lonely Phonely? (laughs) Not The Lonely Phone, The Lonely Phonely. The Lonely Phonely. One of those guys ended up on SNL. Oh, my God. Yeah. I will say I I totally forgot about this. Mandy Hamburg, really the, great. The only uh, this reminded me of uh, that Twilight Zone episode. I don't know if you guys have seen this, where the dude keeps playing the slots and he gets obsessed with it, and the slot machine starts following him and follows him to the yes. top of the casino, and he ends up falling off. But they say it was a, a suicide because he had a gambling addiction. No, it I don't remember really that. Really creepy. Yeah, <laughs> but I apologize for the bio that was that was going special places. She she co created and starred in Upstairs Downstairs. Really? Which I've heard of, which I know is a, a very yeah. f- famous British show from the 70s. Uh, she was in uh, Return to Oz. I think she was like the big, she was Mambo. 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 Mm. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. What was she in? She was, I wrote it down. Mombi. Yeah, she was Mombi. She hmm. was in Willow. Uh, she was the queen um, she was one of the companions of Doctor Who. Oh wow! Yeah, holy crap! Okay, so so she's done some stuff. I don't know why the choice was to make this so ham-fisted. Yeah, I wonder if it was like the producers loved her and they were just like, give her like this yeah. episode's Have all fun about with her. She's her, chewing you know. up that scenery. Oh yeah, the. Yeah. And they just and they just uh, let all that crazy dialogue and exposition happen. It's like she's a pro. Yeah, she'll get this. People Boy. love her. She's I, on upstairs, downstairs. She was I, a doctor. I go with our first thought is that they did film it with most of that stuff is stage direction. Yeah, and a producer saw it and went, "What is this?" Yeah, and add some dialogue to it. Yeah. Oh man, I, I'm paying yeah. her to talk. It's gotta be because it's also it's so seemingly rushed and forced too. Yeah. Yikes. All right. All right. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Travis. Thank you, Travis. Dude, thank anything, you guys for having uh, me. Anything you want to plug? Anything you're doing? No, nothing really. Uh, I'm. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't I'm just bring go. that on you. <laughs> I love. No, I'm that gonna get a burger later. Absolutely, no, every guest that we've had on, we ask them that question, and it's always like. Nope. Yeah. No. I do. Uh, I am going back to my apartment that just has a single rotary phone in it. Uh, oh. So I'm going to do that Travis, later. Make um, sure you narrate the entire way there. I do. Oh, good. Well, I'm taking off my headphones now. <laughs> All the clone by the telephone. The podcast. <laughs> uh, thanks to Slasher Dave for doing our theme. So awesome. So great. Um, you can watch these episodes on the Shutter app. Uh, it's also available as an add-on for Amazon. And you can also buy the DVD box set on Amazon. You get the entire series, all four seasons, for 25 bucks. And didn't somebody Ooh. say that they saw it at I Best- did. I you saw did. it at Best Buy. Yeah. So. Also for 25 bucks. So it's out there. There are enough decent episodes that it's you could throw down 25 bucks. Even the bad ones are fun with friends. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Maddie? I think we're good. All right. You guys have any questions, any thoughts, anything like that? You can find us on Facebook. You can also shoot us an email at tfromthedarkside at gmail.com. That's right. So we'll, um, we'll see you on the next episode. Until that episode. Um, I've got a list of some things that I need to do this week, Matt. I need to, um, I need to get my tires rotated. Okay. Okay. Um, I need to, I need to get an oil change. Yep. 
Um, Pretty I need standard. To, yeah, pick up some lunch meat. Okay. Uh, I need to try to enjoy the daylight. Yeah. I, I need you to... absolutely need to try to enjoy the daylight. Yeah, and then soda water. But I'm going to focus on trying to enjoy the daylight. Bye. 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 Transmissions from the Dark Side is created, hosted, and produced by Jen Hansen and Matt Noss. Edited by Matt Noss. And hosted by Go Comedy Media. Our theme music was composed and performed by Slasher Dave. You can find him on Bellyache Records. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at T from the Dark Side. And on Twitter at TFTBSPod. Email us at tfromthedarkside at gmail.com. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight.